Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Trying so hard not to be negative. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast about Northampton Town by Northampton Town fans. Yes, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Charles, and with me this week are Danny and Chesie. Coming up, the Cobblers lose again, and we've got a post bag full of all your thoughts and opinions to get through. Before we start, uh, hey gang, you alright? How's it going? Very well, thank you. Alright, all good, all good. Good, good. Uh, anything uh, interesting happened to you this week? I mean, we've not heard from either of you for a couple of weeks. Been up to much? I've had pheasant drama, swimming pool <laughs> drama, and rubber duck drama. So, I mean, it's all gone on in Somerset. That's amazing. Uh, we will um, put that out on a, a special Patreon-only episode. Yay! Uh, yes. <laughs> it actually has to be done. There's actually people in the Slack channel going, yes, yes, do it, <laughs> there do it. it. <laughs> we also need to do a day trip, I think, over the summer. We should all do a day trip to watch it and oh. like just record a podcast as we walk around and see the sights and feel the Pod feels trip. of that wonderful You get town. stuck behind a mega tractors on the way. The other day I got stuck behind, wait for it, a tractor followed by a horse box followed by a learner driver. Brilliant. <laughs> 
You don't I mean, get that in Northampton. No. <laughs> is it different learner drive like learning to drive in Watch It? Do you have to go behind tractors to I get mean, the experience of it? I mean, right, okay, so for context for anyone that's not been to Watch It, which is mainly Don't need context, just just answer the question. <laughs> you know, all of you. There are there are no traffic lights, there are no roundabouts, and effectively it's just small roads and ba- or is that because Swindon used all the roundabouts? Absolutely, up they got there? <laughs> yeah. Or, and like it's just single track lanes for the vast majority of where I live. So I mean, if a tractor comes towards you, you're not going anywhere. I had one this morning, and the poor man, I moved out of the way into a lovely little layby, but it turns out he needed to go into the layby, so we both got stuck, <laughs> and I lost that game of chicken, oh, pheasant, as you call it. Oh my god, the pheasants! <laughs> the pheasants are causing chaos. Um, well, I'll tell you what else is causing chaos. <laughs> like the link. Uh, the cobblers causing hey, chaos. Our favourite uh, chaos creators. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love that, Danny. Chaos creators. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we almost went second? Oh, that feels that like 14 years ago, doesn't it? Oh, so long ago. So long ago oh. when our dreams were, were high. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hartlepool 2, cobblers 1. Well, that was a bit frustrating. I, I don't quite know how. I seriously, I, I really want to be as as positive as I possibly can. But I know that's so hard off of a defeat. Normally, it's going to be even harder to be positive after that defeat, though, because that to me just felt really wrong, <laughs> for want of a better word. I, I just we were so in control of that match. The first what. 20 minutes, Danny. I mean, you were going, Atete's going to get a hat trick. This is amazing. Danny's a hat trick. Kabamba's going to come on and score as well. <laughs> Sam Hoskins is going to score. Oh, wait. You see, at least that one was realistic. <laughs> I say uh, that every game, to be fair. Um, yeah, we were like, uh, it's just so frustrating. So you're watching it and you think, like, these are rubbish. Like, how you think, how have they gone unbeaten for so long at home? We're in control. We're getting behind them. We're creating chances. This is going to be a nice three points. As soon as they start coming back into it, you think we're going to rue some of the missed opportunities again. And we're here saying the same things again, that we've just not taken our chances. We've not imposed ourselves enough on the game and gone for it. And it's it's, it's ridiculous how we've not taken at least the point from that game where we should have taken all three. There was no, there's no excuses for it, really, because it's not like they're any good. Like Hardipool are not a great side. Again, and we've let another game slip by of losing points and not picking up points against a team that's just not very good. And it's frustrating because I said this a couple of weeks ago. This is the this is the test now. Now that we've got all these expectations and we know that we can play well, we know what these players can do, and they're not doing it for whatever reason. They're not. They've not carried it on. They're not playing on the front foot anymore, and they've just become meek for some reason. They've become meek it's- because they've completely lost all self-belief and confidence through their own not lack of ability because that's not fair but lack of finishing quality because I you know we we've sat and we've overanalyzed you know game after game and and we come to the same conclusion like Danny just said but the actual crooks of it is that we don't score and we haven't scored properly really through you know scorers say for example strikers that score 20 goals a season we've not had that since well for five years and it's and the root cause is longer, that longer longer exactly than that, I think. yeah but I, you know 
you're talking. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you mean. Having actual clinical ability in front of goal, and we have got to get to that root cause because that's the issue. And we can sit here all day long and analyze every other part of our game, but all we need is to score. We just yeah. need to start scoring goals, and it's so poor, um, and it's such a shame because, you know, we have got so many positives on the pitch, and we. And Sean said it the other day, we play some really decent football when we get the ball on the ground, but it's actually putting the, the ball in the back of the net. And because we've not done that, we've fallen apart because they've got no self-belief at all. It's a, it's a confidence thing. You're completely right. You've hit the nail on the head. I mean, we've talked before, haven't we, about how you go back to sort of 2015, 16, you know, actually that, that whole title win can be put down to momentum and, and literally just that confidence that went all the way through, not just every player in the squad and the management team, but the whole club, you know, the whole fan base. You turned up to a, a, a Cobblers game thinking we're going to win this and you're feeling really, really confident in that happening. Even when you're down 2-0 at Stevenage, you're still thinking yourself, we'll win this. But also, also, Charles, I think what's really important to highlight is that you know, we don't actually have to be as good as that because that that was a ridiculous no. season. The standard was exceptionally hard. We, we're not asking for, you know, rocket science here. This is like the fundamentals of football, right? It's the basic core of our sport. And the fact that we're not able to achieve that through the basis that we can't put the ball in the back of the net. You know, this whole idea that Mark Richards was saying, you know, fire in your belly. Well, where is it? Where is it? I but I, I right. So I mean, I know we were going to get onto this. And I didn't expect to maybe get onto this as so so quickly. But <laughs> Keon Atete is um, after the game. I was so frustrated and so angry, and I was I was basically thinking, "So well, I'm going in hard on that lad, two footed, on the pod this week." Um, but having thought about it quite a lot, so initially my my actual thought was: so the first sort of twenty minutes where Danny was getting excited and was certain that he was going to score and possibly even get a couple, um, maybe not quite a hat-trick. Um, but he did look, he looked sharp. He looked like he wanted, um, you know, to, to get there and, and to, you know, put the ball in the back of the net. He also looked like he'd got the beating of his defender. Um, and it looked like there was going to be all these positive things. And then, he had, what, maybe a couple of chances, didn't he, to score, which there was a good save by the keeper, I think. And then there was also that one where he sort of stretched and it it looked like for a moment he was lobbing it over the goalkeeper. It clearly went wide, quite, you know, easily wide. And then after that, I think he got pushed or kicked or something by his defender, by his marker. And the referee gave a free kick, obviously, the other way and gave it to Hartlepool. And immediately, Keanu Tete started, well, first of all, he turned around and had a bit of a pop at the referee. I think Hoskins had to sort of actually step in at one point. And then what he did was he started basically sulking. I felt like Keanu Tete stopped playing the game of football and started trying to win a battle with his marker as if that was the only thing that actually he was bothered about. And I think... Martin Smith alluded to that a little bit on the commentary on Radio Northampton because he was saying that, you know, it, it's it's all well and good and, yes, you've got to go and try and win your individual battles, but there's more than one way to do that. And essentially, the defender got in his head 
I genuinely see a young lad who has come through playing youth football at a very high level, obviously with Spurs, he'll be playing in Premier League 2 or whatever it's called. And he's now playing men's football, as they call it, for a football club that has players in there who, as Smudger said, you know, bonuses mean that they can pay their mortgage. You know, down at this level, you don't earn the money that he's on being a youth team and not even getting a start for the first team at a Premier League club. When he gets released by Spurs, he'll get picked up by a League One or a League Two team for about half the amount of money that he was on when he was on at Spurs on his youth contract. And at that point, reality will hit him. But he needs to start waking up. This, you know, In my view, the way that I saw, the way that he was playing, was it, it was far too much, you should be protecting me, Mr. Toner, I think that was the referee's name. You're not doing anything. This is bad. Oh, woe is me. Blah, blah, blah. Rather than getting up there and basically going, okay, right, the defender's bullying me. So therefore, I've got to do something that will make sure that he can't bully me or that I win that battle in another way. So rather than trying to take him on all the time, lay the ball off, beat him in a sprint, do something different where you're not giving the defender the option to basically, I don't know, push you in in the small of your back and make you fall over and all this, that and the other. He's got to be, in my opinion, stronger, both physically and mentally, within when he's playing the game, especially in that lone role up front that he's played for the first time, I think, this season with us that he did on Saturday, which for the first 20 minutes looked really good. And then all of a sudden, the turn... You know, the tide has turned, so to speak, and the defender has just won the battle. And I think that's where we actually lost it. I agree with completely with what you said, by the way, Chesley. I I think it's a confidence thing. And I do think if we'd have scored from open play in the first couple of games of the season, we'd be flying now. But because we didn't, because we only seemed to be able to score from set pieces, and I th- what have we scored still only maybe one goal from open play in the league this season? Yeah, I think that's playing on the mind. And yeah. I think that's what the problem is. And you're completely right. We need to find the back of the net from open play more than once in a game to get the confidence back. But the problem is, and from, from now at the moment, it feels like it will be a long way back. Mm. Uh, I do it, yeah. I want to go back ran, to Tete a little bit. Yeah, Sorry. I want to go back to Tete a little bit because... It, there's, a, there's a massive thing which to say, but whenever players come down from under 23's squad, it's... The biggest thing is attitude. If you compare mm-hmm. Atete at the moment, which he is still learning, he can improve. I th- do think he will improve. I think he's got a rawness about him, that, but he's got talent. And I think he has got skill and pace and he can. has got the ability to cause teams problems. I, I don't see him in the same bracket as someone like Benny Ashley Seal, potentially, that who's come down from exactly the same level and he's not quite... It's not at all really clicked apart from the opening game of this season. Um, he's just disappeared again. But I think the the massive thing is attitude with players like that. You've got to have that attitude. And I feel like it's part down to him, mostly down to him. He's got to shake that off. He was losing his battles early on and he was getting wound up and that seemed to affect him for the rest of the game. But partly I think it's down to someone like Mark Richards to say at half time, just calm down, concentrate on what you're good at. Just get him believing in himself again and get him speaking to Rico and speaking to John Brady and saying, 
getting that confidence back to him and saying, this is why we signed you. We signed you because you've got talent. We know you've got talent. You showed it at Coventry when you did. When you scored them great goals and we thought we were onto a, a winner. Just get back to that and get back to the basics of it. And I think if he gets that, gets on the end of stuff, and, and once he hits the back of the net, I think he will be all right. But it, in games like this, there's a massive, massive learning curve, which he's partly here to learn, but he has to realise that it's not... It's not about him. It's about the team. It's about the the couple of hundred fans that have travelled up that way to go and watch him. It, that's what he's got to learn more than anything else. That that we're going to be here long after he's gone, and and he's got to play for the club and not, like you said, not for himself. And I don't think he is that selfish in terms of he's he's only here for his own self. Because I've seen a little bit in him that I think he is a little bit better than that, and he can be better than that, but it's doing it more consistently. And I think he just needs an an arm around the shoulder and to say someone at halftime, I think could have said to him, look, just concentrate on what you're good at. Don't get involved in these battles because you're not, you're not going to get that in the under 23s. You're not going to get them battles at that kind of battle. You're going to get so much space. You're going to get a lot of time to play. Whereas in this kind of situation in league two, it's rough and tumble. You're not going to get a minute's piece and you're not going to win them battles a lot of the time unless you're beaten with your talent. I think that's what he's got to get back to doing. At the beginning of the match, he had, you know, a couple of really good chances. And I bet you if he'd scored one of those goals, uh, one of those chances and put them away, guarantee you that he would have been flying. And I think, you know, your prediction, Danny, as, as laughable as it might sound now in hindsight, may well have actually have come true and he might have got a couple of goals. Mm. But that that gives confidence to the whole team as well, though, doesn't it? It's not just mm. about giving him confidence. It's if he starts putting a couple of goals in the back of the net, people are going to play him in more. They'll have more confidence to beat a man and cross the ball into him. It's all this kind of psychology stuff that goes on around it. That it goes for all of our strikers. None of them have been tearing up any trees, are they? I think you're absolutely right, Charles, in what you say that League Two is a completely different game. You know, players in League Two are playing for their livelihoods and their mortgages and feeding their kids and putting food on the table, right? And roofs overheads. That's the reality of League Two football. And I think that's been a bit of a wake-up call for, for him. But I think it's really important to highlight that he is just 19 years old. And it, it I think the expectation that we have of him because of where he's come from and the expectation that we had that has not been met, there's a lot on his shoulders as a 19-year-old. But I also think that because our strike force as as a group um, are incredibly poor this year, they've massively underperformed. People like Danny Rose has been nowhere near good enough. That, in turn, doesn't breed that confidence for, for that young lad. Now, we can sit here and we can talk about his faults, of which there are many, um, like you say, there are also talents. But I think it's really important to highlight that, yes, the, the faults that you've highlighted are there, but actually, you know, people need to be stepping up and getting this lad to the where he needs to be or turning around and saying this is not working because Spurs aren't going to be very happy with him sitting on the bench, which is probably what's going to happen if he doesn't start scoring, right? So I think there's a couple of elements to it. One being Mark Richards really needs to put a flea in his ear and get him going. Secondly, the strikers around him, those with experience, people like Danny Rose, needs to step up his game so that he's got a role model within that squad that shows, do you know what, this is possible. Because at the moment, he's got nothing to look for. You know, Danny Rose is not scoring goals. Danny Rose is just being a nuisance and falling over just like he is. So that's the role model he's got, you know. So how do we analyse it? We analyse it by saying, you know, he's a 19-year-old kid, right? He's got talent. We know that. But 
his game is a little lazy. He's not lazy as a player, but his game is lazy and that needs to be worked on. Now, Danny Rose, been in the game years, scored bags of goals for loads of different clubs, not us. He needs to step up his game, stop falling over, start scoring, so that this young lad actually has a chance of thinking, do you know what, that's what I need to do, that's how it works. He's got nothing to go by. So this strike force, you know, Mark Richards is the, what is he, the record-breaking League Two goal scorer in forever, right? So... This, this... Is it this decade? Yeah, or something? absolutely. Yeah. So you know, if if Mark Richards is on that pitch with his boots on in 2016, and Keon Atete is the other striker, Keon Atete scoring 20 goals that season, right? That's the reality because that, like we said earlier, that's momentum. This is what Mark Richards needs to be doing. Mark, this this is actually quite a crucial time, I think, for Mark Richards because if he doesn't get this right, there's big questions asked. If he gets it right. We could be on to a winner, but at the moment, it's not working and we, we haven't scored. I think you're fine, Jeffy, that we have scored and uh, a certain little tinker snuck in and uh, produced an absolute worldie of a volley into the bottom corner. It was a good goal. I'll give you again, that, it. Was it was technically from a set goal. piece again. It was a good goal. Yeah, it was from a throw in, wasn't it? Unfortunately. <laughs> But do you know though? I think I, I think it's fair to say though that a throw in is slightly more from open play than say a corner or a free kick. I'm not sure it is in what we've do, what we're doing. We're putting long foes in, aren't we? Yeah. I think it's basically a set piece. I reckon what we're doing is we're basically just inventing like a Ben to- toes a goal reel, like an appreciation Fred. <laughs> Get him in. Yeah. Get him in. We Get don't him need in. him really. Let's be honest. We could do without throw ins because that's stopping. We had him and Bayo, play. we'd be flying. Yeah, can you imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, let go, let go of Bayo in 2014. He ain't going to score any more goals. His legs are going to go. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> it was really annoying because obviously, and, and that's so obvious, isn't it? Hoskin scores, and what? Two minutes later. They've equalised, and it was a really soft goal to concede. Concentration, and Charles. Concentration. Yeah, this is it this was. element of concentration. It's these fine tuning things, isn't it? It's you know we do all the right things until we get to the penalty area. Fine tune that, and then we just switch off as soon as we go ahead. Fine tune that area. It's such fine margins, and this league is so. I can't. I cannot begin to describe how poor this league is. I mean, Forest Green are flying and they are atrocious. So if we'd have fine-tuned those areas, yeah. we could I be I think flying. that's a little bit unfair. <laughs> I think it is. I watched them. I endured it. I, I watched um, Forest Green play Swindon, actually, on Friday because it was on Sky. Um, not Friday, um, lunchtime, so Saturday lunchtime, I think it was. Both teams actually worried me more than I've seen so far because I think they both look a bit switched on. Swindon, I mean, I watched one of their goals on Twitter and I mean, oh my God, they looked like they were just at least a league above where they're playing. They've, they've I mean, got the out together now, haven't they? Completely so. Oh. Um, so I do think there are a couple of teams that are concerning, but in as a whole, I'd completely agree. It's it's And this was what Hartlepool or what, mid-table they were before this. Yeah. And just nothing. And like, well, We've got another big test coming up next week because Mansfield are in the the poo as well um they've not they've not won for something like 11 they've not won they've got about 11 injuries and stuff well, and, i mean you know, um, you know like basically give them the three points now <laughs> yeah. isn't it such but, a cobbler's thing to do yeah, yeah but uh, it gets me so annoying because we're not we're not crap are we we're not awful as a team it's just 
some we're just not forcing ourselves on teams enough. We're not. It's players like uh, Pinnock who said, everyone was raving about at the start of the season that. Where, he, gonna, can I where, just ask with with Pinnock just yeah. quickly, Danny? Yeah. Did anyone else expect him to be quicker? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's he, he beats men with with like a little bit more than pace, and he gets a bit more trickery and stuff. Um, I, I mean, he's he's just not lived up to the early promise of it, has it? And it's it's just like you just want to grab hold of him and go like, go on, just get at your men, just go. And you can say that about a couple of players. And like the best player on the pitch on Saturday was the goalkeeper. But then I will say it: Hoskins was probably by far the best outfield player because he was at least he gets the ball down and he tries to run at people, and that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. Normally runs into them, but valid point, well made, Danny. I do, I do think, and I know, and I know what the argument is: is that he, you know, he's not good enough at say the next level up, but. The fact is, is that Sam Hoskins has got pace and put him on the wing. And I mean, I do quite like the way that Pinnock and Hoskins were switching wings, weren't they, every what few minutes or whatever it was. And Hoskins was trying to at least, you know, when he gets the ball, he runs with it. Yeah, he's got he a do- purpose he doesn't, yeah. yeah, exactly. He tries to go forward with it. The problem is half the time is that either he gets, you know, you know the ball gets pumped long, so therefore... He's not really getting the chance to have get the ball down and then take on a man. And, and you know, the other side of it is that he's inconsistent, which you can say about every single player in the, you know, at this level. Um, inconsistency is what has made Sam Hoskins be at Northampton Town for as long as he has been. If he was better, then someone would have come in and, you know, taken him off us like they do with Charlie Good and all the other players that are actually half decent. Um, that's not to say that Zamoskis isn't half decent, by the way. Danny, he's he's a decent league two player, and there is nothing wrong with that. And that's kind of what we've been saying about Keon Atete, isn't it? You know, he, Sam Hoskins, you know, is paying his mortgage and he's doing a doing a good job and earning and earning a living. But he has to earn a living, and he has to play in League Two, and that's his level. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's just a decent bloke earning a living, and it just happens to be that he's a professional <clears throat> footballer. Yeah. Just One like that your plasterer the... that's plastering your walls in, you know, in his van. It's the same. <laughs> plastering principle. is a great word in Somerset accent. <laughs> Absolutely. But do you know I want to know why he's plastering principle. the walls in his van. It is the same principle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Danny, you've put on the running order here. Where's yeah. the attacking football we were promised? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I'm not I seeing thought, it. Well, I, I don't know because I, I do think that up until up until the equaliser, we were attacking. And we were playing attacking football. We yeah. weren't looking for. We weren't looking to hold on to and just get a point. We were looking to win the game. But you need that end. Surely you need that end product to create that attacking football, don't you? Do you? Yeah, I think so. No, you need you the end need product that, to score you, the goals. You need what but I was talking you, about with Hossie. You need that purpose and that drive to go in. There wasn't an opportunity to go for a second because we were already, <laughs> already level. But um, you right, need yeah, that. Yeah. You need that drive to go and push and be. Sh- be strong and be bold and just go and go and take charge of the ball and stuff. In the middle of the pitch, we're, we're playing, what, three, I think, holding midfielders as such. Like I thought Lewis might be playing off of a tattoo a bit more on Saturday. I think he should have been a bit closer to him. Um, I, th- I think it was more that Hoskins was actually closer to a tete a lot of the time than than anybody else. Um, and he was obviously on a wing as well. So that's that's... I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I do think that there are 
you know, there's obviously reactions that you get straight afterwards and they're heated and, you know, instant what goes through your head. And we were all gutted, weren't we? We were all really annoyed, really angry that we'd actually lost. And yet, if you think about it, and if you do sit back and think, I think that was possibly one of the better performances that we've put in. That's what Henna said, wasn't it? He said, you yeah, know, and I, I think that's the issue, Charles. I think um, we could have said um, that about Brady's reign of of games in League One. You know, we really worked hard for it, but the end product wasn't there, and eventually we got relegated, and this question of what could have been if we'd have just put a few more goals away or if we'd have just won that game against Wigan or if we'd have just won that game against Bristol Rovers or if Sam Hoskins had scored that penalty in the last minute against Wimbledon. It's all those what-ifs. You know, ultimately, the game of football, you have to score. To, so the the risk and the reward has to weigh up. You have to take risks, you know, and... Poor old Atete, we've talked about him for ages, but you know, he's got caught and he's got caught in a terrible way and we've conceded a second goal, but the risk has to weigh up. If we'd have conceded that goal, um, but we'd been absolutely going for it all afternoon and like full force, not like we did, we did on Saturday, you'd have forgiven him a bit more, I think, but because there is not that complete intent, uh, sorry, that complete intent in that final third, people are going to get frustrated very quickly. But I think I think that I think that there was intent. We were definitely looking to score. The problem is as as we said at the start is, is I I think it's confidence. And I think the fact that we haven't scored that many goals from open play is the issue. And it may well be something that you know what we really need to do and I I think what I'd have liked to have seen happen for the pizza cup game was maybe to go out there, and I appreciate you definitely do have to obviously manage players' fitness levels and things like that, but I'd prefer to actually go out and put a more, you know, full-strength side for games like that. If you're then looking at, you know, right, let's get the players' confidence built back up. In a way, go and go and play a friendly against one of the, you know, the local non-league sides on a Wednesday, well, Wednesday evening or somewhere where you've got like that that break didn't uh, Arsenal did it didn't they a few weeks back they went and played a game Mm -hmm. in order and that was all about trying to get their confidence back up they went and played somebody that was vastly inferior to them in order to try and get the confidence levels back up in their players and was that that Tottenham was it was it Tottenham probably (laughs) was Tottenham yeah Yeah, it was North (laughs) London Derby yeah Uh, (laughs) part of it I, I wonder whether you just go and do something like that get a behind-closed-doors game going and, and just literally write, fill your boots, lads. Let's go and get some of that confidence going. I mean, obviously, it can backfire spectacularly if the game ends nil-nil and you're yeah, playing you brawns. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but I suppose you shouldn't be doing that. You just say, right, there's nothing to fear here. There's, you know, you're not going to get any points for it. No one's going to be there to see it happen. You know, there's no bonuses involved. Let's just go and play this game, like you know, in training, and 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 go out and and do it. Possibly that's something to do. I do think that the reaction that I felt after the game was certainly possibly it went too far in terms of it was a massive overreaction. I was frustrated. I was angry. I was disappointed. But I think more for the reasons that we threw that game away and it, we should have won it more so than a we're terrible 
and we're never going to win a game of football ever again. And the manager's rubbish and the coaching staff are rubbish. All the players need sacking. There was none of that. It was actually, oh, we've really buggered that up. It's such a missed opportunity again, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. I think Sutton felt like a complete, that was crap, that we deserve to lose. This felt more like, oh, it's just frustrating and it's I think the fact to me that it's so far away as well that then fans had to travel it makes it worse in some ways that it's such a distance you've we've heard stories on our slack of people getting home at silly o'clock in the morning and stuff it's that's the bit that annoys me the most it's just like such a such a missed opportunity and I think it's a lot of it's going to come down to confidence in everything because a confident Kino Tete would probably take that last chance on and hit it first time and at least at least have a shot and it, it'll go wide or whatever. It it could go into the top corner, but at least if it goes over the bar, then, you know, they have, we have to reset and the whole shapes reset again. But it's just going to be a confidence thing. I think we've got to, we've got to win next week. Like we really do. We've got to go and I'd just love to see us go and win two or three nil and just get back into some sort of confidence again. Because um, it, it feels like we're slipping the wrong way at the minute because, and I think you've got some great points on the on the performance and taking the performance twenty four hours later is you watch it again now it's just becomes you just think even more so we should have just gone and battered them. <laughs> um, we need but, to go and batter three teams. That's what we need to do. Go in, batter three teams, just score for fun, and get even rid of one. All one that. would be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no but what, one. I don't think one one's going to do enough. I think we, when we score. We go with intent and we score again. We give up far too easily and we just think one's enough. We need to go in and go with full intent and score at least three goals in three games. Mm. We've got yeah, Mansfield and Stevenage right, both at home now, and we Saturday, Tuesday coming up. So that's a mm. that's a big it's a big chance to Danny, it doesn't matter who it is. I don't I personally couldn't care less who it is. It's Mansfield All I Stephen. care about is they just <laughs> go out and they score. The, the, the thing is as well we've got the, the looming large is the FA Cup first round draw as well we've got you <laughs> all know what's Just going <laughs> I don't want to know daddy <laughs> I'm not I'm not even thinking about that until November alright pal welcome uh, to right, the BBC we'll, <laughs> we'll be back in a moment support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Uh, voting is now open in the fan director election and you'll find out all about Tom and Dan, the two candidates uh, who are standing in that election in our special podcast, which Danny recorded uh, last week. Um, it's out already. You can go and hear about the guys, um, you know, life as Cobblers fans and why they've chosen to stand for election as the supporters representative on the board of the football club. Um, as I said, voting is now open. You can vote online via the NTFC website, or you can visit the club store at Sixfields, which is open 10 till 2 p.m. on a Saturday, 
and 10 till 5 Monday to Friday and fill in a ballot paper. You are expected to only vote once and checks will be in place to ensure the integrity of the vote. The closing date for votes will be Monday, October the 18th at midday, after which the votes will be counted and checked and the elected candidate will be declared later that week. Um, Danny, you have obviously spoken to both candidates. Um, first of all, a kudos to both of them for putting their head above the parapet, I think. Yeah, yeah, very much. I think it's, um, we've already seen on social media, message boards and stuff that the moment you do that, you start getting you start getting people being picky at you already. So I think to, to put yourself out there is a really good thing. Um, I think both of them were expecting more people to, to go for it. So I think they're quite a bit shocked that it's just the two of them. But I think the big thing about both of them is that they're really happy, you know, either way that each other, like if the other person gets in, they're going to be completely accepting of it. They're really um, already been chatting to each other and stuff. It's a really good, you know, kind of atmosphere between them. I think there's no, there's no bitterness between them or anything like that. Both of them are passionate Cobblers fans. Both of them, I think, will do a great job. Um, and I think it's a really tough choice, if I'm honest, having listened to both of them and spoken to both of them. Um, so good luck, everyone. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it is a difficult choice to make but um hopefully the pod helped and hoped uh hopefully it helps people come up with some sort of decision i do want to ask you mm. are you so so you've mentioned it you know only two people that have actually stood which is surprising uh i think it's fair to say and neil's application um, must have got lost in the post <laughs> somewhere <laughs> yeah, they filtered the word water <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was it came in on an email filter <laughs> and immediately got put in the trash yeah, where, where it says checks will be in place to ensure the integrity of the vote that's where that comes in i think yeah i think so yeah anybody turning up with a with a paddle and a snorkel was not allowed uh, um no I, I want to ask um because i think it's a I, I i you know do think it's a fair question to ask the supporters trust chose not to put anybody forward citing that the club apparently asked for an independent person. Now they also said and made it quite clear that if anybody from the supporters trust wished to stand, there was no reason why they couldn't. So are you surprised or what are your thoughts on them not putting somebody forward for this? Um, I was a little bit surprised. I think, um, but they have come out and said that whoever gets the vote will be invited to chat with them and stuff, which I think is important anyway. So I don't think it's a mm-hmm. massive deal. I don't think this should this should be turned into a trust versus the club thing again because I think there's enough of that going on already. So I think there's it's. I was a little bit surprised they didn't come up with one person to put forwards, but I think at the same time they probably know what would happen if they did. They would get quite a lot of backlash for it, I think, because that's just the nature of the world. So. Um, uh, Which I will say is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely is. Um, but I think whoever gets the role will be obviously in talking to them quite a lot anyway. So I don't think it's a massive, massive deal with this. Neil's post bag, Neil's post bag. Send an email, write a letter. Carry a pigeon, hand deliver. Neil's post bag, Neil's post bag. Address your missives to itsallcobblers at gmail.com and please don't be beastly. Yes, please remember, don't be beastly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that little bit at the end there from Gareth. Um, right, post bag. Neil's not here. Um, shall we take them one at a time, guys? Chesie, are you. I'm going for David Rupp. 
Right, David, I'm I'm right on board with this. John right. Joe, right, what is he up to? I don't really care what he's up to. He's he needs to come back to us. Well, hang on, read the whole thing out. You can't just is oh, that li- the whole thing? He literally just says what's John John Joe up to these days. That's it. Perfect man. Just sit in okay. front of the back four. Get him in. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> him and his caravan, welcome anytime. I mean, he's he's not with a club, is he? I don't think he was released by Burton I at mean, the end of last season. Surely that would make sense. I'm not sure it would. I'm I'm kind of being sarcastic here, guys. Come on. <laughs> We've seen in the past couple of years players have come in that have been on a free. Michael Harriman came in around about October time. Um, who else? Mark Marshall. Ricky um, Holmes came in on a, a play per. What was it? Paper play. Why? why We're not we talking do... about that one. But what? But why can't we <laughs> do something work, like that? Well, this is my question: Is that is it worth the gamble to find somebody to do that? Because you know you can turn around and you can say that some of them work and some of them don't. I mean, obviously they won't necessarily be match fit. Um, I mean, if it takes us, you know, three years to get Dominic Revan fit, and he's actually alone. I mean, let's be honest. Somebody that hasn't been at a club for four months. John Joe O'Toole has the <laughs> the determination of of no one I've ever met before. The man single handedly kept us in League One, playing on a dreadful, dreadful injury back along when the lovely Justin Edinburgh was in charge. And I just think that isn't it worth a punt? the The guy is so passionate; he loves the club. Let me remind you of his first couple of months. I, I, no, no, no. We're not going back there. <laughs> we are not going back there. Redemption. Well, I think <laughs> you, I think John Joe is the perfect example of how it both can work and can't mm. in the same player. I think Ricky Holmes would also be falling into that category. After yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Good shout, Danny. Get Alan McCormack back in. Oh, get Alan get McCormack back. back in. Go on, the animal. We need some I thought, animalistics. I thought you were going to pick up on Phil Kirkby's... I'm ignoring that. Phil Kirkby, I'm not having any of this. I'm not having any of this, Phil. I'm I'm I am remaining silent. So Phil says the first goal, Pinnett gets attracted to the ball and leaves the crosser with all the time in the world to pick a cross out. Uh, Second, but you'll be most interested in Jeffy, um, which he says second goal, not for the first time. Koiki gets caught underneath the ball with Mills being out these last few games. You can really see his defensive frailties positionally. Like your defensive frailties, outrageous behaviour. Can I, can I, Jeffy? I know that you'll obviously agree with this. I, I'd like to s- stand up for for Koike, I absolutely would as well. I think he's outrageous. He's a hard worker, well, and it's got nothing to do with what he's like. I think in that situation with the second goal, everybody out, and this is what happened with the first goal. Pinnock got attracted to the ball. Absolutely, as Phil has said. Yeah. And they all got dragged across, didn't they? Yeah. They yeah. all got dragged across. And Ali Koike had two men. He he chose one. And I don't think it matters which one he would have chosen. The ball would have reached the other one. Can I also yeah. point out as well, right? And it's not just because he's my favourite. It's, it's a genuine impartial um, recognition. <laughs> impartial. It, no, it really, no, it really Rubbish. is. Because it's what something you've mentioned as well. I We noticed at Forest Green, um, that happened again. Um that they all got pulled to one side and he had two men and he had to pick between two. So, you know, this isn't the first time that's happened and that's just coming from, you know, that's, that's, is that two or three occasions now that that's happened? That needs sorting out. You know, it doesn't just fall on one player. Equally, equally might I add that we cannot just completely blame Atete. I know he's made a shocking pass, but we cannot blame him entirely because the defence have got to get back. 
I mean, when, when Koiki's got the two men like that, all he has to do is go in, go out, shake it all shake about, it all do, about. The do the Ellie Koiki and turn around. And that's what it's all about. It's simple. Absolutely love it. Um, Shane Webster says, for me, I'd be blaming that goal on a Tete all day long. We should have gone 2-1 up 10 seconds earlier and he had play- and had and we had players committed forward and out of position. I do think that that does, I- I'm not going to blame a Tete, but I will take Shane's point here, which is that if a Tete doesn't give the ball away so cheaply, so needlessly, because even if, if he'd have had a shot, we'd have probably have got either a corner goal or had um, a goal, there would have been a goal kick. That probably is the most you know likely uh, scenario. There wouldn't have been the counter. The counter wouldn't have happened. So, uh, you know, it's annoying. It's really annoying. Um, Danny, have you got any more? There's loads. Yeah, I don't know loads. Why I'm asking it's asking yeah, Absolutely bullshit. <laughs> uh, Joseph Perry uh, said the changes came too late. A few tired looking legs out there and opportunities once again not taken. It's been a few, a lot of times, the substitutions is still, for me, something that's a little bit, it, it gripes a little bit. And I mean, I think Martin Smith sort of said um, in the commentary, he could understand why changes weren't made earlier because we were, you know, we were on top. So therefore, while it's working, you know, don't don't change too much. But at the same time, Legs are getting tired. And I think with a Tete, and I know we've spoken at length about him on, on the pod already, but for me, if he'd have been replaced earlier on, who knows? I, I think there's a way, in a way, it's the thing of going back to, you know, maybe his head not being quite, you know, in it at that point. But you put somebody else on, and I, I appreciate the choices aren't exactly glorious uh, when you've got either Kabamba or, or Ashley Seal to come on, but why not give Ashley Seal a bit of a, because a chance? He's absolutely incompetent. That's why. <laughs> he's one of the top scorers, isn't he? He is. He's also, scored and the irony what you, what behind you could that. Do, God bless. Got more goals skull. than flipping <laughs> Tete has in the league. <laughs> he could have brought Connolly on the right and pushed Hoskins mm. into the. Oh, here we go. <laughs> central forward role. But the thing is, though, Charles, if we're talking about that, there's a massive problem, isn't there? Someone's put it, Jono said, you know, not clinical enough. Our goal scorers look out of, out of short of confidence. It's absolutely what we've said. You know, if we're thinking about Sam Hoskins having to play up front, then, you know, there's your answer. We've got an issue. Let's solve it. Ah, oh, let's wait till January and the window opens. Excellent. It's gone well for us, lads. Um, Keith B said, it's not about today. It's about the last six years. The owners are window dressing an empty shop. They bought with lies. Mm. Yeah, that, that this is the kind of um, thing that inevitably comes up when we start losing, isn't it? Um, you hear it at Sixfields as well. Um, as soon as a goal goes in, people start talking about the East Stand and stuff. It's, um, I think it's a pretty much a, a different topic to losing a game at Hartlepool. But <clears throat> like Vintage Cobblers followed up as well, saying it's not about one match, it's six wasted years, have achieved nothing. Moving the furniture around won't alter the structure of the place any more than a supporter direct will influence owners' decisions slash policies and it's a view that's out there. It's not my view at all, but I think it's worth reading them out when they get in touch. So it's it's important to kind of cover it because I think that is something that's out there and something that something that Kelvin Thomas will need to consider. I'm sure he does daily. That there's that opinion out there. And we've got to figure out how to how to change it and how to move on from it. I think Matthew Crane says I have Sorry, a couple of questions. Charles, oh, have you got another one? Sorry, no, no, Charles. It's the international break. Come on. 
It's Matt Ukraine. <laughs> Sorry. Matt, Matt, Matt Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I have a couple of questions, <laughs> says Matthew. Uh, do you think that we played better attacking football under Brady in League One with last season's players? The Portsmouth Ipswich franchise Plymouth games stick out as better than anything we've played this season. We weren't sad to see the back of any of the players that left after last season, but is there an argument that we haven't improved the squad? With the exception of Roberts over Mitchell, easily, <laughs> he says in brackets, and the addition of Guthrie. Chessie, what what do you think? Do you think that last season's attacking football under Brady was better than what we're seeing now? I disagree with that a little bit. Okay. On the basis that my expectations of a League One side are higher than what they are of a League Two side. Um, And I do think we have strengthened. I think we we play with a little bit more um, of a clue of what we're doing. But on that note, actually, I think it's quite important. I was thinking about this earlier um, and I thought I'd better mention it. And it's it's reminded me because he's mentioned about League One. I think it's really important that we we keep on with that patience that we've got with the Brady Bunch because their ability to, like someone highlighted earlier, actually be frank about what's happened after matches is really important. But also we know from our previous time in League One, they did have the... I don't know whether it's called confidence or whether it's called guts to, you know, call people out and and not, and not play them when they weren't playing to the standard. I mean, if they could have dropped Mitchell, they absolutely would, right? Um, and we know that they dropped certain players. So I think it's important that we just trust in that. But I, I do think they have improved it. I mean, last year was agony. Absolute mm. agony. I think you are right, by the way, with the, you know, the Brady more or less admitted that. Uh, at the fans forum, didn't he, about not being able to essentially drop Mitchell because there was nobody else to bring in. I mean, fair enough, we had maybe the young Charlie Woods. Um, you can't do that, that to a kid, have... though. You can't do that to That's a kid. That's it, isn't it? Exactly that. It's it's one of those, it's it's, it's okay that if Mitchell is, gets injured in a game that you maybe bring him off the bench to play a portion of it. But, um, yeah, to, to to throw him in, I mean, you know, we saw what happened when um, the young lad, I can't remember who it was, was it Ethan Johnson maybe? Um, no, Ryan Hughes. Thrown right? in. Ryan, Ryan Hughes, Hughes at Oxford, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of thing, you know, doesn't necessarily go go well, does it? Um, I, I see what Matthew is saying here. Those games, especially the Portsmouth, the MK game, maybe the Plymouth game, definitely felt good. But again, if you look, there was confidence in the players in those games. Mm. That Portsmouth win, what was it, 4-1? Yeah, that was I ridiculous. Mean, 4-1? Crikey. Mm. What would you give right now for us to score four goals in one game? But there's a little bit of a difference in terms of when you're fighting for your life and anything goes, it, it is a bit, you can go and throw balls to the wall, can't you? Can you just like balls to the wall? Balls to the wall. Caution yeah. to the wind it. is a better caution phrase. Yes, I thought caution to the wind. Yeah, you can, balls but you, to the wall. There is a sense of just you can just let it loose, isn't there? And just go and attack, attack, attack. There's no, you know, they, they, we almost got to the point where there was nothing to lose because I think a lot of us had just thought we were down at that point. Yeah. Um, so to make anything of it was a was quite a good thing. So it's a massive difference in terms of expectations, like you said, Jeffy, about staying in League One compared to mid-table League 2, pushing for playoffs League 2 kind of expectation. On Matthew Crane's point as well, can we have a moment just to appreciate that lovely man who genuinely had concerns about our goalkeeper? (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. and the fans forum. God yeah. bless oh, his heart. Okay. I wonder what he's thinking now, because my God. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I, I want to, just before we um, we, we close the post bag, um, I, there's this message that we had from Martin Pell, who said, look no further than the tactics set up not to lose. Calderwood all over. Brady, you need to get a grip. Lewis, totally clueless. Who went for Kabamba needs to look again. Seal looks strong and fast, yet scored last month and not played again. Thomas is all bull, going nowhere with him. So that's the, I, I presume, a tweet that we were sent by uh, by Martin. Um, I don't agree that we were set up not to lose. Um, I don't know whether you guys would agree with no, that. No, no, I don't think so at all. It, I said, I think people have pushed the idea that Calder was behind a lot of it when, when it, it's nothing like what it was like in the Calderwood, I don't think, in terms of when we go no. a goal up and defend. Maybe we should have been on Saturday, but um, but I don't think we set up not to lose at all on Saturday. We were pretty attacking from the start. Um, I know I said earlier, where's the attacking football? But I think we were set up to go and try and win the game, I think, at least. Mm. Um, I want to, the reason why I chose Martin's email there or message to just, just, talk about here was because something that I'm seeing an awful lot of is, is people talking about the recruitment committee or whatever it is that, that it was called and how it's not really done a very good job and how essentially it's a load of rubbish and, and you know, I don't know, window dressing to just steal Keith's um, phrase that he in his message before. Um, I find that quite unfair because obviously the that that committee that group of people have been put together only just before the signings were started to be made i mean colin coldwood of course who will i presume be on that committee and a part of it um wasn't even you know in place there at the start of it, the, the pre-season so there's a lot of it where i feel like it's being unfairly given the blame or there's unfair criticism to it when essentially um Forgive me, I've completely forgotten the name of our new recruitment um, person, who is a returning person as well um, from the 2015-16 Foil. era. Thank you. You're welcome. He's co- he's come down from from Scotland and been told, right, we need some players. And obviously, the players that he will mostly know about at that point are going to be the players that he has been witnessing in Scotland. So he's given those and you know, those names and we've then signed them. We've, you know, Brady's put a team together and is now coaching with them. Granted, it's not exactly been like brilliant and we've not gone and bought Ronaldo Mark II or anything like that. However, I do think it's a bit unfair to criticise them when they've basically started from scratch. And John Brady said that again at the fans forum where they literally had nothing. They didn't have any you know, lists of players. They didn't have any scouting reports. They had nothing, zero. So to go from zero to where we are, I think is okay. I'm not saying it's brilliant, but I think it's okay. I'd agree. Yeah. And I it's think, just going to go upwards. Yeah. The thing is, you have a go at the recruitment thing. They're not bad players, are they? They're not, they're confident. not awful players. We've seen bad players playing for the club. Yeah. We've seen the likes of Ashley Corker come in. We've seen this level of... <laughs> Of a player come in, that's the slope. We know it's just terrible, and we're not terrible, but we're just not getting there in terms of being that great either at the moment. But I, th- I think you can see that they're definitely decent enough signings, I think, for League Two. So I don't think you can have a go at that. 
there's a couple of players that might not completely make it. But I think on the whole, it's been pretty decent recruitment-wise. It's just getting them to play in, in the way and getting their confidence up that, that will be the big thing. Also as well, I think it there is no shame. And I, I don't think people agree with this, but I believe it. Um, uh, there's no shame in us just having a solid mid-table League Two season to just work out what's going on, calm ourselves down, recover from the carnage that happened last year and actually just get a foothold in League Two and build. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, Coldwood's reign took three years and two horrific playoff... Was it three? Three horrific playoffs. Two. Two two, two horrific playoff heartbreaks followed by the promotion. It was three attempts, wasn't it? You know, there's no shame in that. Because but there, I, I will say though, Jeffy, that I'm not satisfied or happy to go and have a mid-table season in League Two. I, I'm really not because I think we are better than that as a club. I think the club is bigger than that. I don't think that it's necessarily built for League One. I don't think, and I, I can understand. And I've said in the past about like, you know, you don't want to get promoted too early or something like that, but. Something that always rings about, and I'm sure it was Mark Kennedy who writes the Hotel Enders fanzine or puts it together, said to me years and years and years ago, he said that, you know, there's never an opportune moment to get promoted. You have to just grab it. <laughs> and, and we've said this probably this, uh, you know, we've mentioned balls a lot today, but you have to just grab it by the balls. Well, that's what we as did. And when that's it's... what we did in COVID, wasn't it? Exactly. As and when it. it's there. Now, obviously, you know, there were then failings after that. You have to admit that there were failings. What the reasons were, there's many of them. I'm sure some people agree or some people will choose to believe that, that you know, COVID had a part. Some people will choose to ignore that or have other ideas and that's fine. But at the end of the day, we, you know, I think we are better than where we are. Well, it's certainly better than the mid-table of League Two. Um, we're maybe not good enough for League One and to be a, an established League One club at this moment in time. But I, I genuinely think you just have to go for it. You can't turn around and say, you know, let's plan for three years and in three years' time get promoted because sport doesn't work like that. So if you end up getting promoted two years early or three, you know, three years early in any plan that you've got, you should have a, a backup plan that says, well, what happens if it happens earlier? Or what happens if it happens um, you know, a year later, do you, you know, how long are you prepared to give either management or certain players? All of that should really be worked out. And you would think that any sort of professional football club these days would be there, thought about, and at least be, whether it's written down or anything, but at least be in the in the minds of everybody that actually has a say in in how the football side of the club is run. You have a valid point, and you made it very well there, Charles. Thank you, thank you very You're much. More than welcome. Um, well, well, look, look postbag still got lots in it. I'll, I'll admit, I'm sorry if we've not managed to get to um, to your point, but please do keep them coming. Obviously, find us on Twitter at Cobblers to Me. There, you'll find us on Facebook too, facebook.com forward slash Cobblers to Me, and you can send your emails to itsallcobblers at gmail dot com. Uh, Danny. NTFC women yes. won again. Standard weekend. Standard yeah. weekend. Cobblers I mean, lose. Cobblers women win. Can we get them players for our first team instead? Just stick the women in. Yeah, get, at least get them. They can get them show the lads how to actually score. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was only 4 0 today. I say only 4 0 today. Only it's, 4 0. It's usually 7 or 8. Um, but they were playing Chesterfield, who were third going into the weekend, which is a, what a result that is. And we shouldn't really underestimate it because it's a great result. Um, Where are we, though, Danny, going into the weekend? We, we were top of the table, of course. Well, Charles, well, well, are will, we still top? We're still top. Uh, five games. Of course games. we are. <laughs> of course we are. The, stand, the standard they're playing at, though, is just absolutely exceptional. It really is. They are just brilliant. Can I just read <laughs> their record now? Uh, played five. Mm. Uh, won five. Oh, obviously drew, drew zero, lost zero. Four, 29. Yep. Amazing. Against two. Just send Holding. our squad to just go and watch their training. <laughs> goal, difference, goal difference plus 27 after five games, That's which is madness. ludicrous. But uh, there was a Thunder Bastard in there, Charles, which I'm sure oh. you'd be happy about. Eden Brown with a 40-yarder. Apparently. Always happy Go on, about Eden. Thunder yeah. Bastard, Rachel St. John Moss got on the score sheet and Leo Cadone got two. I think one was a penalty. So onwards and upwards. They... <laughs> so it doesn't count? Is that oh, no, it saying? does. Of course it does. <laughs> they all count. Ask Harry Kane. They all count. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they've also been drawn away to Tamworth in the last FA Cup qualifying round, which they won oh, the second round now, last week. And, that's uh, interesting, isn't it? Because I, I believe that Tamworth are the only one of two teams that have actually managed to beat the Cobblers mm. women in the last mm, two years. Well, let's say two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Revenge. Sweet job. Revenge. Get them through that. Dish served best cold. Yes. Or something. Yes. Yeah. I think they've got um, another co- a different cup competition coming up next weekend. So, ooh, um, Like a trophy or something, is it? It's it's a local trophy, I think. Something like that. Like, like, like the old, uh, like old Mournsall Cup, I think. Oh, kind of thing. what's happened to the Mournsall Cup, back. by the way? Get it back. It's locked Absolutely. away somewhere in the East End, I think. It's just been... <laughs> no one's going to find it there, that's for sure. Uh, right, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, do go and check out our website, cobblers2me.com, or uh, you'll find all of uh, our previews and our podcasts and, and everything else that we do on the Fan Hub app as well. Um, and obviously, if you'd like extra content from us, such as our Meet the Staff episodes, which uh, this month is with the supporters liaison officer, Wendy Lambell, who you'll probably know from the on, shop. We love Wendy. Absolutely. She's such a legend. We do love Wendy. Um, she's our latest Meet the Staff. I nearly said victim. That's not what I meant to say. Uh, she's the latest person to appear on our Meet the Staff episode, which is exclusive to our fan club, which you can access for as little as £2 a month at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Uh, we will see you next week. Oh, and don't forget, if you haven't voted yet for the supporters representative, go and have a listen to the podcast that we've released that Danny kindly made and uh, that will hopefully help to make up your mind. Um, Up the cobblers. See you this time next week. Bye. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey support the podcast on patreon by joining the it's all cobblers to me fan club every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our meet the staff series hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. 
By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.